Blog Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to my sustainability teleconference. Today is January 14th and this is the second of a four-part teleconference series on how you can be the change you wish to see. We're really focused on the four R's of living green. I want to remind you that the last teleconference was very much focused on refusing. So how you can learn to refuse things that are polluting our planet from everything from plane travel to your own commute to plastics to water usage reduction and uh, refusing, um, you know, anything that is just in general wasteful, which sadly is really interwoven into our lives and how we live. So I do encourage you to go back and also to listen to the first teleconference, which again is about refusing. So it used to be that we had three R's, reduce, reuse, recycle. It's now four, refuse, reduce, reuse, and recycle. There are many ways that you can do this, um, and we are going to talk about gasoline, utilities, plastic, water, Um, We're going to talk about how you can reduce um, at home, school, work, and your community at large. All of that is going to be covered today. But going back to the first step of refuse, there are two blogs that I also encourage you to read. And one is, is your commute polluting more than plane travel? And the second one is Nature's Prince and his twin eco-communities. If you go to nataliepace.com now and you scroll through my Twitter feed, then you'll be able to access both of those blogs very easily. You can also go to nataliepace.com forward slash blog and just um, search for the word commute or search for the word eco and you should hit them both. All right, so let's talk about reducing um, usage of gasoline. The first thing is plane travel. And this is something that's been getting a lot of attention because it, um, it really is quite a polluting way to travel. So anytime that you can telecommute, you know, for your home, let's, let's talk about this in terms of every way. For your home, anytime uh, that you're planning a vacation, you know, every year it might not have to be a bucket list. Just understand the cost of going on a bucket list vacation all the time or just traveling for fun or just traveling by plane for fun. And if it is more, um, it might even be more fun to travel by train. Um, If you actually have four people in your car, so if you have a four-person family, then traveling by car might be a lot of fun too instead of, and and it's going to be a lot cheaper and it's going to have a lower carbon footprint than putting your entire family of four on a plane. However, most of the time, that's not the equation. Most, of, most people are commuting in a single occupancy vehicle. And when you compare that to plane travel, it can actually be more, expe- um, more polluting per kil- uh, kilometer. So I really encourage you to read that blog so that you get informed. Because a lot of us, a lot of people fall into the habit of blaming others 
instead of looking at the man in the mirror and realizing all the ways that we can change our own lives. So what that go, leads me back to commuting. Um, I want to tell you a story. The, the truth is changing habits is very difficult to do. So many of us feel like even very enlightened people feel that we need our car and um, we need to run around in our car and that's just the way life is. And some people even have to commute to work half an hour each way, some people even an hour each way. It's really expensive. It's very much polluting. And um, it's costing you a lot in your budget. Like if you're wondering where all your money's going, it's going to the gasoline station. And then you might say, okay, well, why don't I get an electric vehicle? That's still going to be 62% powered by fossil fuels on average, depending on what state you're in. If you're in Colorado or Florida, it's going to be higher, 70, 80, almost 90% in some states, fossil fuel powered. So uh, California is, um, you know, very much, I think it's over 50% now, uh, renewable energy. And in Santa Monica, it's 100% solar energy. So depending on where you live, very different electric grid uh, for powering your electric vehicle. So it can be a solution. But the truth is, if, when you think about it from a reduction standpoint, you should definitely be considering what brave choices can I make to change my commute? So there are many stories about how this happened. I'm going to tell you two stories. Um, what, I, I was recently in Poundbury, England, and this is an eco-community that was created by the Prince of Wales and a very famous urban planner and architect named Leon Creer. Leon Creer is renowned worldwide for traffic calming. He wanted to create a post-petroleum community in Poundbury. So it is really built around pedestrians and bicyclists, and the commuters are supposed to be using the, on the periphery, basically. So you can still have a car in Poundbury, but it's just not that easy within the city limits to use it. Um, people still do, but um, it's easy not to, and more and more I think people are going to start shifting over to that. So I'm going to give you two examples. There was one couple that I knew in Poundbury, and they were commuting about an hour minimum every day. Sometimes if it was during traffic, it might be even two or two and a half hours. And they, started, they figured out that they, um, they could work in Poundbury, so they could have similar jobs, similar pay. They, so they work in Poundbury. They now walk to work. They've saved thousands of dollars annually. That particular couple actually had been in a really bad car accident. So they're so happy to walk to work every day. So remember how many lives are actually lost on the road as well. So there's a lot of um, pollution, cost, and even loss of life that's associated with vehicles that we kind of block out because we think that we have to do our lives this certain way. Um, it's Look, I'm no different. I uh, recently got rid of my car. I'd been paying all this money to garage it because I do so much traveling. And um, I liked having it when I came to L.A. because I still was under that myth that you have to have a car in L.A. Well, um, finally, you know, it was another big maintenance thing. It seemed like every two years I was going to have to spend two or $3,000 just on maintenance. 
And um, I decided to get rid of it, just to sell it and let somebody else um, take it. And I was worried about it. But now I ride the bike more. I use e-scooters more. I use a Lyft or, you know, Uber, some sort of ride share. I even use the new train that they have. And it's not a problem at all. So you do have to think about it differently. And, yeah, I save a lot of money on that. And my health is better. So I do encourage all of us, look, if we, if, if we want the world to stay the same, then we don't look at anything we do in our lives and we don't shift anything we do in our lives. If we want to have to save our planet, really does begin with us. I know there's a lot of movements that are about shaming governments and shaming companies. But the bottom line is this, all social movements that are successful are born in the people. The second thing is there is amazing amount of power in the consumer. As long as we are filling up our gasoline, our, our gas-powered vehicle, or using, uh, okay with using, you know, uh, coal and natural gas power electric grid to power our electric vehicles, the companies will supply it to us. When we stop uh, agreeing to that, that's when they will shift. That will be far faster than anything, and that's one of the reasons why there has not been a faster shift. So I'm just saying we have a lot of power as consumers. We have a lot of power as investors that we really haven't not yet harnessed, and now's the time to do it. So I do encourage you to look at the man in the mirror. I do encourage you to reconsider how much you use your vehicle. Do you need to move closer to work? And that leads me to the second story. There was a cu- another couple live in Poundbury now. They have a, their their big house is in a place called Bid- Bridport, and that's on the coast in um, southern England. And they the woman was commuting an hour a day, so was her husband. She actually gained ten pounds, and she said, you know, this that and they wanted their daughter to go to a different school, and they wanted to be able to bike to work. Now, uh, their commitment to biking is incredible, and they are both in incredible shape. Both of them bike to work. One of them is about 12-mile commute per day, and the other one is about 16, 17 miles per day. And um, they just allow extra time. They will even commute. um, Sometimes the rain will stop them. That's about it. But a lot of times they'll even commute in the rain. So they bought a house in Poundbury in order to be able to do that. And, um, you know, the sa- look, the savings that you're going to have on your gasoline is not going to buy you a new house, but it certainly can go a little bit of a way to helping with that. The savings in terms of her having health, greater health, feeling better about herself, um, all of those things, it's just incredible. So, again, there are great, you can make brave choices, and I encourage you to look in the mirror and don't just do things the way that you have been doing them. All right, I'm going to go on to reducing our um, electricity usage. There's a house that I call Powered by Matrix Energy. When you use passive house technology, you can actually reduce the amount that you need to uh, either heat or cool your home by 90%. That's going to save you a boatload of money because most people are spending thousands of dollars annually on utilities, And it's also going to mean that we're reducing our reliance on fossil fuels. 
So I strongly encourage you to learn more about insulating energy efficiency upgrades. Also, there could be a tax credit for, for you. It may be a tax credit that is, um, there is a national tax credit still in play right now. It's being grandfathered down, so now is the year to do it. By the way, if you are interested in powering your home with solar, then there is a tax credit for that now. In 2020, it's a little bit less than it would have been in 2019, but it's still there. So you want to go to energystar.gov or Google it. You really have to Google around. This administration, as you well know, is not very clean and green and friendly in the, um, to that kind of thinking. So they don't make it easy for you to find it, but you will be able to find it if you Google around. And probably if you ask, ask your um, your CPA as well. That person should know what the tax credits are. You can also try doing irs.gov tax credits for energy efficiency upgrades and solar power. Now, one other thing, when you think about it for your, your home, again, we also want to start thinking about it for our school. We want to start thinking about it for our business. We want to start thinking about it for our community. And I wanted to tell you a story about this. So I go to yoga um, first thing in the morning on in the weekend with this one particular um, yogi who's, you know, 40, 30, 40 years of studies, quite extraordinary. And he teaches, you know, at Yoga Works in Santa Monica. And they turn off the power at night, which is a very good thing for anybody to, um, to do in their building because you don't, you're not using it at night. So they turn off all of their... Um, their heating and their cooling and all of that. So naturally, when people come in in the morning, it's cold. And Chad, this particular yoga instructor, really wants it to be warm. He doesn't like for people to have to go in and do yoga in a cold room. So this one person, um, this one employee was freaking out. She's turning up the heat, trying to get it warm in the room before he arrives. And the other person says, well, we should just be keeping it on all night. This is ridiculous. That is not the right answer. It does not take that long to heat up um, a room. And, you know, your employees need to be there half an hour early to set things up anyway. That should just be the first thing that they do. So it's really important to educate your employees. It's really important for everybody to be on this strategy of a cleaner and greener. So when you think about lighting, it's off, on when you enter, off when you leave. But you can also think about heating and cooling that way. Now, obviously, if you live in a frigid place and cooling, not having it, um, the heat on a little bit might freeze something or ruin something inside your house or conversely the other way if you're in a place that's really hot and not having the air conditioning on a little bit will completely melt something. Okay, but there's a big difference in heating it to comfort levels or cooling it to comfort levels when you're not there, that's not really a smart thing to do. Now I'm going to move on to plastic. Um, there is a movement in England by Surfers Against Sewage. They're certifying plastic-free communities. There is a, a primary school in England that's the best green lobby I've seen called Damer's First School. If you'd like to read more about them, Email Heather at NataliePace.com or call 310-430-2397. So um, the, there is no excuse for single-use anything. So please, if you are still going for your daily Cafe Grande, take your own cup, 
take, take your own mug, refuse straws, but not only that, become proactive about the restaurants you go to. If they're still using plastic straws, that is 20th century thinking. We all have to be thinking 21st century thinking. So plastic is something that we really do need to work hard in our communities. We need to work hard at home. We need to work hard at school and uh, at work as well. So Damers also was successful in lobbying for their own food not to be wrapped in plastic. So they would get, you know, fresh produce that would come just shrink-wrapped in plastic. And they said, we don't want this. And at first, uh, their, you know, the, the school administrators, not their, um, their principal, who was completely in favor of it, but the people that actually did it, said, no, we have to do that for this or that reason, and they kept pressing, and now they get their, their fresh produce. It's not wrapped in plastic anymore. So, again, all of us need to be thinking differently, and that does require reaching out to our communities and not accepting the status quo. Not, you know, if you, go, if you like a certain store and they wrap everything in plastic, then it's time to start finding a local farmer's market or it's time to go to that store and say, I am going to go and shop at the farmer's market unless you start offering me produce that's not completely wrapped in plastic. So we have to be proactive about this. We, plastic is popular and it's pervasive because it is a byproduct of oil and oil companies have another product that they can sell to us. Again, and the power is in the consumer. We don't need all this plastic. We don't need to have every single thing wrapped in plastic. There is enough existing plastic that if we properly recycle it, we can actually make our, package, our plastic packaging from recycled, completely recycled plastic. We do not need to drill for more oil and then use the byproduct of oil to make more plastic. We have way too much. As you've heard the horror story, so I won't, I won't belabor that issue there. Then finally, what about water? So I want to tell you an inspiring story. There's a nonprofit organization called Green Your Planet. They're based out of Las Vegas. And what they did is really amazing. So there were all of these schools, these public schools that had grass everywhere. They call it a carpet of grass everywhere. It's in Vegas. Vegas is a desert and Unfortunately, between Lake Mead and the Colorado River, Nevada and other places like Arizona, even California, we're all sucking it dry. We need to reduce our water usage dramatically. Even if you live in a place that rains all the time, there's no use to be wasteful with it. And you might even start looking at catchment systems. So in Santa Monica, which again, we're in a, a pretty arid, but it's not as bad as um, Arizona, um, they are starting to, um, to desalinate brackish water and also to reclaim water that's, um, that comes from the storms so that we can actually be water independent as well. That would, we would get there a lot faster if everyone who had grass, a carpet of grass on their lawn, got rid of it. Now, they've been trying to incentivize that by raising the price of water and also by encourage, you know, giving people a tax rebate and other incentives to get rid of it and to put in um, to their escape to make sure that your lawn is appropriate for where you live. 
if you live in England or you live in Seattle, grass is fine because it rains all the time. If you live in California, not so. Arizona, not so. Las Vegas, not so. So this Green Year Planet, they would go in, they would get grant money from the county to take out all of the grass. They would then leave a grassy playing field for sports, and they would put in uh, an area of uh, gardens so that the kids would have outdoor hands-on learning. And they were able to do all of that with a public, private, and a PTA partnership. So, you know, there might be when hotels might sponsor a school, and they might send their own chef over to have a, a, a cooking day with the kids after their produce, you know, is uh, ripe. So, you know, the kids would go in the garden, pick a bunch of um, carrots and celery and broccoli and um cauliflower and then this chef would come in and show them how to make you know an amazing harvest soup or something like that so there are many stories of people who are making incredible differences and you should be inspired by them but you can also use their lead you can use their model you don't have to reinvent the wheel you know if you're interested in getting rid of plastic then learn more about Damer's First School and how they've encouraged, they've, they've made Poundbury and Dorchester, the, the, the eco-city and the surrounding city, a plastic-free community. And they did it by, you know, it's very hard to say no to five, six, seven-year-olds that come in and say, would you please get rid of your straws and your plastic? Would you please offer us bulk um, food so that we can, you know, put it in our own paper bags? It's really hard to say no to that. So the community is responding. Now, um, I've recently become aware of something called Fire Drill Fridays. And I really love that there's a lot of focus right now on pressuring our government leaders and pressuring our companies to do the right thing. That is positive. But as Kevin Murphy, a MacArthur Genius Award-winning um, economist, says, the difference between people who are into um, sustainability and people who are more reticent about it, it really is not people who care about their kids and people who don't care about their kids. It's people who um, are okay with big government and people who are not okay with big government. If you ask anybody, they will, do you want clean air? Do you want clean water? Do you want clean food? Are you concerned about plastic in the ocean? Are you concerned about air quality in your city where there's a lot, you know, uh, or even gridlock. Everybody is going to agree. We want less gridlock. We want cleaner air. We want clean water. We want clean food. So we have to start, stop shaming and dividing ourselves and start looking in the mirror and empowering our own lives, making sure that we start with our own lives and then let that be the example for others so that people will naturally talk to you about that. Gee, why do you walk? Or wasn't that a hard thing to do? Or was that a hard thing to change? Oh, my gosh, your house is so amazing. Hey, did you know I only spend $30 a month on my electric bill? That's going to get somebody's attention. So all of these things where you reduce, you're going to save thousands annually in your budget. And you're going to be doing the right thing. So I encourage you to get smart. I encourage you not to fall into... This uh, blame game, I encourage you to always ask questions 
there's a lot of misinformation out there that keeps people ingrained in the status quo. Yes, it's going to require brave, strong choices. Yes, it's going to require you rethinking your life and rethinking exactly how you do things and how you get places and thinking ahead before you do it. You know, I now have to think ahead before I go to a yoga class, but it feels really good to ride a bike to a yoga class instead of driving a car. So think about that because there is something to that. And um, you can do it. All right. Um, So remember that all of the ways that you can reduce your usage of gasoline, utilities, plastic, water, all the ways, not just at home, but also at school, whether it's your alma mater or your children's school, at work. Can you, should you, be encouraging or pressuring your work to become solar powered? At your community, should you be following the model of Damer's First School and Surfers Against Sewage and e-scooter companies? I want to tell you one more quick story with regard to community. When I was putting together the Earth Gratitude Project, there was a climate change scientist that I wanted to feature. And when she found out that we were promoting micromobility and biking, she did not want to promote that. She, um, she thought we, could, we should delete it because it wasn't a safe option. Now, the truth is, again, it's like everything. If you want to just stay where you are, then you accept defeat. If you want to start 21st century living and forget about the 20th century, which is very polluting and very wasteful, then you're going to have to rethink your streets. And when I first started riding a bike in Santa Monica 30 years ago, there were no bike lanes. And you would get a ticket if you rode on the sidewalk because they were really discouraging bicycling. Now we have giant bike lanes. We have e-scooters, we have bike share, we have all of these things. And honestly, a big piece of that are the the e-scooter companies because they do pay to have their e-scooters on the streets. And that money is used to create um, streets that are uh, multi-use. Now, another thing, too, is that people say, oh, we're going to have all these e-scooters and bikes on the street. Well, they're a lot smaller than single occupancy vehicles. So when you have gridlock and you're able to create solutions for micromobility, whether it's trains plus the last mile solution, which is going to be a bike or an e-scooter, then you're pulling people off of single use. You're, you're getting a solution for gridlock. So these are all going to require brave choices. And I strongly encourage us to become active about it. All right, so remember that you can get additional information and two free ebooks at earthgratitude.org. You can also see the inspiring story of Alvin and Jada Tam. They are the owners of Barefoot Sanctuary, um, and they, you know, they're incredible. So go and look at their website and also look at their film, their four-minute film at earthgratitude.org. Also, again, I said the power of the consumer and the power of the investor. If we refuse gasoline and we only bought electric vehicles and they were powered with solar if we lived in a sunny state, all of a sudden companies would figure out how to give us solar power. 
if we and, and the gasoline stations would move to a different business model. Another thing that we have to realize, though, is that we have power in the investors. So it's not okay to be picketing against the companies that you are actually profiting from. So it's important to know what you own in your retirement account and to make sure that you are putting your money where your heart is and not profiting from polluters. If you would like to learn how to do that, I strongly encourage you to come to one of my three-day investor educational retreats. The next one is in Florida, February 8th through the 10th, 2020. It is a boardroom retreat, and there are only a few seats available. So do call 310-430-2397 or email info at nataliepace.com. Again, 310-430-2397 or info at nataliepace.com. Finally, I do have a new book out called The ABCs of Money for College. I am going to be having a sweepstakes around that, and that sweepstakes is going to be strongly uh, focused on people who review my book. So I would very much appreciate you to look at The ABCs of Money for College and read it and review it, and definitely send it to anybody you know with a teen or a tween or somebody in college or a parent, because parents should start early on this stuff. All right, um, if you have any questions, you can go ahead and press one now, and I will open up the phone lines. I want to also remind you that this is a four-part series. So um, last week was focused on refusing. This week was focused on reducing. Next week we'll be focused on reusing, and then following that we'll be focused on recycling. So, um, again, what's the upside of this? The upside is all things. It is body, mind, spirit, and wallet benefits. Body. You can, by you know, riding a bike, walking more, you're going to have a healthier body, and you're going to feel better about it. That's going to help your mind and your spirit. But a lot of the things that I talked about can add up to savings of thousands of dollars annually. I just want to do the math real quickly for you. If you get rid of your car, chances are, on average, it's $7,500 per year. If you get rid of, if you um, use the passive house technology so that you're insulating better and you're being less wasteful, so you, you basically need to use 10% of the amount of energy that you would normally use to either um, heat or cool your home, then that's going to be worth thousands of dollars annually. Most people are spending over, you know, almost $4,000 annually on their utility bill. The people I know who have used all of the strategies outlined in the ABCs of money, there is a section there on how to reduce um, your energy usage and save thousands. Uh, They're spending $35 a month as opposed to maybe $350 a month. So again, um, you know, be sure that you tune in to the other two uh, teleconferences. And again, if you have any questions or comments or anything of that nature, send them in to us. We're happy to look at them. If we have a chance, I'll add them to our question list and answer them at the end. All right. Thanks so much for joining me and have a lovely week. Um, Thanks.